I want to welcome you to our second installation of Beyond Reality. I'm going into a little bit of faith, and I hope, uh, Frankie, can we fix that, please? Thank you. I hope that throughout this series, you're going to really understand what faith looks like, and you're going to start to live the life of faith. Because I believe that anybody who is living a life of faith is, li is really living beyond reality. Uh, come on now. Have you ever talked to God? <laughs> Have you ever heard a voice from heaven telling you, Hey, Sister Danik, I'm God. Can I introduce myself? It's never happened to me. I don't know about you. So the idea of that is even beyond reality itself. The whole aspect of faith is beyond reality itself. If you got your Bibles... I want you to step with me into Isaiah chapter 7, and we're going to consider verse number 1 until verse number 9. Isaiah chapter 7, kindly join me in standing as we read the Word of God this morning. Isaiah chapter 7, and we're going to be reading verse 1 to verse number 9. And as we read today, I, I want you to step into this text, not in the third person, but step into this text in the first person. This has a lot to do with you and your life and your particular situation. If you got it, say, Pastor, we got it. I don't hear you, Pastor, we got it. <laughs> All right, I like it, I like it. Uh, verse 1 says, Now it came about in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Aram, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but he could not conquer it. Look at verse number two. When it was reported to the house of David, saying, the Arameans have taken a stand by Ephraim, his heart and the heart of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake from the wind. Pay attention to verse 3. Then the Lord said to Isaiah. Sister Audrey, check this. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out now to meet Ahaz. And God wants to meet you today. You and your son, Shia Jashub, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the road to the fullest field. I say to him, God is speaking to you today. Watch this. God is saying something to you, to you today. Take care and be calm. Say what? Take care and what? Be calm. I only hear Sister Charmaine this morning. Have no fear and do not be faint-hearted. Because of these two stumps of smoldering logs on the account of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram, the son of Remaliah. Because Aram with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah have planned evil against you, saying, somebody's planning something against you today. Notice what God says, let us go up against Judah and terrorize it and take it for ourselves by assault and set up the son of Tabiel as king in the midst of it. This is what the Lord God says, it shall not stand, no come to pass. Whatever they're planning against you, whatever is going on, it will not stand, God says. Amen, somebody? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Verse 8 says, For the head of Aram is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is resin. Now within another 65 years, Ephraim will be broken to pieces, 
so that it is not, it is no longer a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria. And the head of Samaria is the son of Ramaliah. If, if you will not believe, you will certainly not last. <clears throat> Let us pray. Father God, I want to ask you to do something today. The PowerPoint doesn't want to give us the point. Some of us have problems, but whatever we are going through, Father, be with us now. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. The topic I want to preach to you today is inside information. I want to bring you back to 2001 and 2000. President Abdurrahman Gosdur Wahid was in power at the time. He only presided over this beautiful country for 21 months, and NPR impeached him. But a lot of people look at Gosdur as a man of the powerless. Under his regime, people saw changes. Imlek or the Chinese New Year became a public holiday, Sister Lydia. Under Gusdur, Jayapura was named into Papua. Oh yeah, Gusdur was instrumental in making sure that those who were not making a lot of money as civil servants got a 270 raise in their, in their salaries. In fact, Gusdu apologized for the communist purge of 1965 and even apologized to Timor Leste for the occupation in the year 2000. What amazes me about Gusdu is not the fact that this man did a lot of great things, but he did it while blind. He led a nation while blind. It tells me that your disability is not inability. Rather, you got to be flexible enough to be able to do something in spite of what you are facing, in spite of the cards you have been dealt, in spite of the circumstances and the difficulties that you have, in spite of the situations that you feel are insurmountable. The story of the president, and I say our because I'm a resident of Indonesia temporarily, forgive me, but this man tells us you can go beyond your disabilities and you should not complain, you should not whine. The fact is, what should you think about? What should you do in order to surmount the challenges and the difficulties? The Jakarta Post ran an article about Gusdur, and I like the article. The article said like this, a blind but visionary president. A blind but visionary president. The truth is, I got brothers and sisters under the sound of my voice looking at me, listening to the word of God, who are able to see but blind. Unable to, to see the opportunities in front of you. Unable to see the character flaws that are keeping you from being the best version of you. Unable to understand that if you can only make the decision, your life is going to change. But as I was looking at Gusdur, I, I saw that um, his blindness actually crippled him. Because... Being blind, Brother Johan, requires you to use other senses. It means that 
your ability to see is not there. But, but brother Malolo, you're shaking your head with me. You got to be able to hear well. And unfortunately, the voices that were getting into the head of Goose Doer made him do some of the most outrageous things. He, he thought about, uh, he, he thought about ousting the Indonesian legis, legis, legislature. He, he wanted to put them out of power and, and he wanted to start another election. And, and people said, no, 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 that's not how it goes. But, but, but because of what he was listening to, uh, Goose Doer changed 18 cabinet members in 21 months. Uh, the question is, what are you listening to today? Uh, what is uh, shaping your world? I have understood that many of us make decisions not because we calculate, not because we evaluate, not because we equate, but rather because we've been hearing about it. Uh, come on now, let me get down to you for a moment. Some of us will go to a place and eat at a place simply because somebody texts you and say, hey, you know what, you got to try this place. And some of us make decisions to, to change places or to move to another place simply because of what we have heard. And what I'm trying to say is this, well, this is what I'm trying to say. That what we hear often shapes our reality. And the question is, what is shaping your reality today? What is making you go today? What is inspiring you today? As we step, in, as we step into our text today, I want us to step into this text with this thought. That what you hear is what shapes your reality. Uh, we enter our text in Isaiah chapter 7 uh, in a crisis. Sister Pamela, last week we, we heard of a crisis. Uh, a man is dead. Uh, this man is no ordinary man. He's a king, but he is dead. And Isaiah says, in the year that Uzziah died, I, I saw the Lord. And we talked about that last week. But but this week, we, we are stepping into the text in another crisis. This crisis is not internal. This crisis is external. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes? That one week you face this situation, the next week is another situation. Now, right here, this man is facing a situation, a tough situation. He's not the grandfather. He is the grandson because I've understood something. Whether you're a father, whether you're a mother, whether you're a son, whether you're a daughter, we all go through stuff. We all go through difficulties and challenges. And I don't know what you're facing today, but I know there is a struggle. And right here, we're stepping into the text with a man who is going through it. Situation. And guess what? Look at what the text is saying. It was reported to him that the Arameans, the, the Amarians, Am oh, let me say it right. The Arameans have taken a stand by Ephraim. Notice that he's getting news. Notice he's hearing something. I don't know what you have heard today, but this man hears the news and check what happens to him. Is that the text says that his, his heart was afraid. He, he shook in fear. In fact, it gives us a very metaphorical, very vivid picture that he was shaking like trees. You have seen trees shake when the wind is blowing. The trees go left and right, left and right, telling me that his, his, his circumstances, his crisis, his situation is bending him every which way. He doesn't have control over it. And I know somebody today has a situation that you have no control over. Uh, you can't control what they say. You can't control what they do. 
You can't control how you feel about it, but it's just shaking you every which way. It's just moving you every which way. And right here, uh, Ahaz is at that particular place because of what he has heard. And some of us, because of what we have heard, oh, we shake. Pastor, I didn't like your sermon. Pastor, get shaken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pastor, what you said I didn't like. <laughs> Sometimes I got to make an evaluation. <laughs> should it shake me or should it just make me more, more courageous to speak? <laughs> You're about to go out the door, wife, and the husband says, I don't like your dress. But you spent all week planning to wear this dress. But now you're shaking. My husband don't think I look good. Uh, husband, the wife says, mm, hmm, you're not really good at driving. And now you're shaking. And, and, and behind the wheel, you, 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 you're thinking and, and you're double checking yourself. Son, daughter, your, your parents say you are lazy. And now you're shaking, but, 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 but they don't understand you. You've been burning the men out. Oh, they don't understand that you've been, you've been working hard. They don't understand, but your parents says you are lazy. And now you are shaking. I'm talking to people. I'm talking to brothers and sisters who are often shaped by what they are thinking. They're often moved by what they are thinking. And a lot of times we are like, uh, we are like, uh, how do I put this? We are like a thermostat. The thermostat, right? That we are regulated. Go to the next text. That we are regulated by what is happening around us. I can put it like this. Those who live in reality, uh, in instead of faith, catch the temperature of their situation. You see, when you are so shaken by what you have heard, when you're so afraid by what they're saying to you, and you allow that to contort and comport how you, you behave. When you allow that to change how you dress. When you allow that to change your mood. You are living in reality, not in faith. And those who catch the temperature of their situation is because they have forgotten. <laughs> Let me remind you some things that those who live according to their situation forget. They forget that no weapon formed against them will not prosper. <laughs> they forget that he will never leave them nor forsake them. <laughs> I don't know if you're feeling me this morning because <laughs> you'd have been saying amen. They forget that the one who promised it, he is going to keep them. Instead of focusing on God, they're focusing on their situation. And therefore, go back, my sister, they're, they're catching their situation. And do I have somebody here who instead of focusing on God, you're focusing on your situation. You're focusing on how little you have in the bank account. You're focusing on how painful it is to go through it. You're focusing on the fact that your boss is about to let you go. You're focusing on the fact that it's not going good in the family. Do I have somebody today who is saying, Pastor, I wish I could go over my situation, but I just don't know how. I'm here to let you know that you're living in reality. You haven't yet extended to the realm of, of, of living beyond reality. And a lot of times, many of us are living right there. Come on, somebody. Talk back to me if you can. Now, now, you see, I want us to weave through this text a little bit more. And I, I just want you to see that when we have heard something, Sister Lara, we often react. Remember that day when we heard that there was COVID in, 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 in the spot? You called me right away. She said, Pastor, what's going on? Should I get tested? 
And some of you, when something is happening, you, you call me up, Pastor, what's going on? What, what should I do? <laughs> when you have heard that something is going wrong, you, you start to make calls. You start to react. Are you feeling me? Sister Cardiac is laughing because it's true. Because a crisis a lot of times often ignites a reaction. Now, now what, what's happened for, for Ahaz is that he, he, he must make a calculated decision. Because in our time, when we want water, Sister Charmaine, we just go to Indomaret. And we get our gallon. It's going to cost us about 20000 If you're If you're thirsty, you could just go find aqua somewhere. You want to take a shower, you just get in there, you know what I mean? Turn the tap on. In fact, you have options, hot or cold. But Jerusalem had problems. The water source, Jeremy, was outside of Jerusalem. Meaning that if he's being attacked by outside forces, they're going to choke the life source of the city of Jerusalem. So here's where we find, we find Ahaz, my sister. This is where we find him. Notice what the text says. We find Ahaz checking the water source. Because a lot of times when you're in a crisis, what do you do? You, you, you want to secure your, your assets. Come on, come on, come on, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm going there, I'm going there, I'm going there. You want to secure your assets. Say that there is a fire in this place. Many of you are ready to secure your assets. In fact, uh, you will run through the door. You will not care if there's a kid or an old person. I want to secure my asset. Hey, when, when I first came to Indo, Pastor Sam t- t- told me, he says, hey, make sure that you always keep a bag packed. Keep your, light, uh, your, your passport inside. Uh, keep money inside. Because these buildings find a way to dance sometimes. I thought he was lying. But a few months being in Indo, man, the building started dancing. I, I was laying on my, I was laying on my bed and, and I, I'm thinking, I don't know what I was thinking. I can't remember, but I was thinking, but I see that the, the bed is, 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 is having, uh, like a sea kind of reaction. I, I feel like my, my sheets are like the waves of the sea. I'm like, wait, wait a minute. I don't have a water bed. At that moment, I couldn't think about anything else. I took my phone. I took my passport in slippers. You know what I'm saying? And I'm running down the stairs because I I said today is the last day. I don't want to die in a foreign land. You feel what I'm saying? So I want to secure my asset. I want to secure my body. I want to secure what I have going on. And right here, the, the text says that Ahaz has gone to secure the water resource because you understand water is important. You understand water is needed to shower with. You understand that you cannot live without water. You understand that you can go without electricity, but water is necessary. But, but watch, watch what the text says. The text says, oh, it's beautiful. The text says, then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out to meet Ahaz, you and your son, Shea Jashub, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the road to the fullest field. <laughs> watch this. <laughs> watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. I want you to see. <laughs> Change it. <laughs> I want you to see this. God reacts before you react. Okay, you didn't get that. So let me run that by you one more time. God reacts before you react. God reacts before you react. So Ahaz has gone to check his asset. It's in a crisis. But God says, Isaiah, I want you to go meet him right there. Telling me that before Ahaz acted, God already acted. 
it tells me that when you are thinking about it, God has already thought about it. God can see the end from the beginning. And right here, I love the fact that God is reacting to this situation. I don't know what you're going through today, but please understand God has already put a plan in action to deal with the situation. You don't know how you're going to pay the bills. God already knows how he's going to move things around. Somebody's going to come through and help you pay those bills. You don't understand how you're going to resolve the situation and the issue because some of us have a lot of issues. Amen, somebody. You don't know how it's going to go down. You are afraid about the situation, but God says, don't worry. I'm sending a mediator. I'm sending somebody to intercede for you, and he's going to take care of the situation. You don't know how you're going to deal with your pain on your back, but I know a doctor who has mastered hamstrings, and I'm going to know a way to to get him to you and he's going to help you out. Mm-hmm. God reacts before you react. But only God, the thing is God has to get to the place where he can meet you. God couldn't meet Ahaz in the city. Because you know why? In the city, Ahaz was busy doing kingly duties. <laughs> he was busy talking to his, to his, uh, to his servants, giving them commands. <laughs> And some of us are busy today. Busy on our phones. Some of us are busy on our phones in church. Listen to the sermon. <laughs> busy. God wants to meet you. <laughs> some of us are busy Monday to Friday. We don't pray. We don't talk to the Lord. But God is saying, I, I want to meet you. I have the answer, but I need a meeting point. I have the solution, but I need us to get together. I need you to clear time in your schedule. You see, God has the answers we're looking for. But a lot of times the answers can't get to us because we don't create the space that he needs in our lives. And right here, what I love is that Ahaz is met by a prophet and his son. Because God knows he needs his help. (laughs) God knows that without his help, Ahaz can't survive and can't succeed. And I hope you understand today that without God's help, you can't make it, nor can you succeed. And here's what I love about God. <laughs> this is what I love about God. Change it, my sister. This is what I, God, <laughs> no, let me not go there. He, 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 this is what I love about God. God will answer your prayer even if you don't make the prayer. Let me run that by you one more time. God will answer your prayer even if you haven't prayed it. Was Ahaz praying? Lord, help me with the water situation. Did he go to Isaiah the prophet to talk to him? But God answered a prayer he never prayed. (laughs) Because God is that good that he can see your needs before you see them. Ah. You're not feeling me yet, so let me get up here. You see, God is so good that he understands you so well that he can manufacture the the answer before you manufacture the prayer. You see, God does that because a lot of times... When things have happened, Brother Carol, we, 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 we forget him and we're so focused on the reality that he doesn't seem real. So God has to say, hey, wait a minute. I'm right here. Can, can, can I talk to you? Can we get together? Can we understand this situation from my perspective? Because I see it all. So sometimes God has to create a situation, has to answer our prayers before her. 
uh, we, 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 we pray them. And this is what the gospel is all about. The Bible says, while we're yet sinners, Christ died for our sins. Jesus didn't say, wait, let Pastor Henry get his pride out of the way. And you know what? That, that um, Brother Henry likes to play. Pastor Henry likes to play basketball too much. <laughs> Lord have mercy. He likes to play basketball too much. That sometimes he can forget what he's supposed to do. So let him clear that up. No. God says, while Pastor Henry is still a sinner, while Pastor Henry is still distracted, Jesus died. And please believe that you made it through this week, not because you prayed the best prayers. Please believe you made it through this week, not because you're reading the Bible so well. Please believe that you didn't make it through this week because you're so faithful. <laughs> and please believe that God had to step in for you when you didn't pray. God had to say, you know what, I'm going to have your back, even though you have turned your back on me. <laughs> And I know there's somebody here who doesn't want God, who doesn't want to listen to God. You are here physically, but spiritually you're not here. God is still praying and answering your prayer request because God wants us to understand that we need him. We, 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 we must have him. Without him, we cannot survive because God often functions outside of our situation. Let me tell you a story so that you can relate to what I'm trying to say. I am in the Philippines. The year is 2009. I'm new. And the way I used to dress, <laughs> it's not like how I dress now. In fact, this true story. When I entered the campus, the first person I met that day was Pastor Sam. And I was wearing, Jeremy, check this. I was wearing uh, jean shorts. They were up to my knees, over my knees. And I was sagging them. And I was wearing a white t-shirt and Air Force Ones. So I'm working in campus. I'm going to be a pastor. <laughs> And then I introduce myself to my future pastor. He says, you going to be a pastor? <laughs> so I'm in the Philippines. A new kid. I don't know what's going on. I travel to one, to one place called Balibago to go do some immigration stuff. And I'm in a jeepney, which is uh, the Philippine version of an uncut. Hey, man, student life was tough sometimes. So I had to leave. <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> Student life was tough, so you had to, to, to depend on an uncut. Not an uncut, an Egyptian. I'm thinking of Indonesia. But I've never even been in an uncut yet. I need, I need to try it. <laughs> because I'm a new student, I just come in the country. I'm, 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 I'm struggling with jet lag. So I'm seated in the jeepney. The way you sat is not like how you sit in a bus, you kind of sat like military style. So you're facing the next person. So I, I'm seated down like this and I'm wearing some basketball shorts. My shorts do not have pockets. I have my wallet in one, in one pocket. I have my phone in another pocket. I'm asleep. Somebody could have easily gotten into my pocket. I take my phone and my wallet. I have $500 in, in, in my pocket. But nobody took it. Because God was looking out for me. I quickly woke up. And I turned. And a truck, a truck came to a screeching halt. And it was about to hit where I was seated. At that particular moment, I realized that God was looking out for me. I was asleep. You know what I'm saying? I was gone. But yet God found a way to look out for me and to take care of my situation. 
Please understand that God is looking out for you. Take care of your situation. When you're about to cross the street, God finds a way to stop the, 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 the driver. You know how crazy people drive in Indonesia. They don't stop for you. They, they just keep going. But God sometimes makes it, makes it possible to stop them and say, no, no, this one is my child. <laughs> this one is my daughter. They are precious in my sight. I love them. And there's no way that car, you're going to bum them today. Amen, somebody. This is my son. This is my daughter. I know you are the powerful person in this, in, in this company. I know you're the manager, but that's my daughter. Don't touch. I know you want to give them a bad evaluation, but that's my daughter. Don't touch. <laughs> Oh yeah, you, you always want to talk bad about them, but that's, that's my daughter. The, 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 the rumor is not going to spread. That's my daughter. I'm looking out for them. Please understand, God is looking out for you today. And you may feel alone. You may feel like nobody cares, but I came to let you know that God cares for you. As I was walking through this text, I understood something. And that, the reason why God wanted to meet Ahaz is because he wanted to shape, reshape his reality. And what God does is that he often sends his word to shape our reality. So, so notice what the text says. Uh, the, the, the text says that Ahaz is afraid. His internal uh, voice, you know that internal voice? No, you don't have an internal voice. Let me tell you about my internal voice. I'm no, I'm no good. Mm-hmm. I can't preach good. Oh, look what they said about me. You guys know those internal voices? So Ahaz is having internal voices. Right? So, so God is sending a word to reshape and reorder his internal voices. Watch what God says. Notice what God says. Take care and do what? And be calm. Have no fear. <laughs> be not faint-hearted. So God is saying, let's take your internal voice out and let's put in my voice. Because it has you're too chaotic. It has you're too flabbergasted. <laughs> it has you don't understand the situation as well as you should. So so let me take care of it. So, so stop talking to yourself, Ahaz. Stop telling yourself lies that are not true. Stop thinking that you're not good for nothing. And I, I'm here to let you know that somebody is thinking like this and God is saying, stop it. Can, can you focus on what I think about you? <laughs> no, not what you think about you. Because <laughs> I made you in my image. Amen, somebody. Do you know that you're not made in the image of your father or your mother? Mm. I know you look like them. I know you resemble them. I resemble my mom. I resemble my dad. But I'm not made in their image. That's why I can be away from them. Because I have my father in heaven. Are you feeling what I'm saying? I am made in his image. And please never allow people's conclusions of your life. People's evaluations of your life to shape your reality. No. Uh, the word of God says, this is who you are. Be calm. Don't worry about it. So Ahaz must start to see himself a little bit differently. Here's the second thing that God must reshape in Ahaz. He must help Ahaz to see things differently. 
His focus is off, Sister Yannette. So he says, Ahaz, I want you to refocus. And notice what God says to Ahaz. Do not be faint-hearted because of these two stumps of smoldering logs. Can you see what God has done, Brother Johan? Can we go to JC's University for a moment? He says, look, do not be faint-hearted because of these two smoldering stumps of logs. God, God, what does God do? God says, I want you to see your struggle from my perspective. Because some of us, not not here, but some of us, we have a way to make major problems into gigantic problems. Some of us, instead of seeing grasshoppers, we see Goliaths. Okay, that's not you. I'm just, let me just tell you this in my thinking. Some of us, instead of seeing a parted Red Sea, we see a sea that is raging. Some of us see broken bones instead of seeing healed bones. Some of us see dysfunction instead of seeing functionality. So God has to tell Ahaz, Ahaz, look, look at these brothers. They are, they are stumps of smoldering logs. God calls them matches. You know what a match does? Just, it's God. It lights up. So he says, Ahaz, you've been putting too much weight on them. And then notice what God says, Sister Susan. Notice what God says. God doesn't call them kings. He says, on the account of the fierce anger of Rezin of an Aram and the son of Remaliah, God reduces these kings to their humanness. He says, Ahaz, I know they're kings. They are considered kings. I know they have position. I know they have power. But can you please look at them simply as human beings? They don't have power. They are just human like you. And somebody there needs to be able to strip down that person who is so powerful and simply look at them as a person. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you got to be able to say, you know what? Pastor Henry is Henry before pastor. <laughs> He's just a man like me. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the president of the company, you simply need to say, that's Joe. <laughs> that's Jane. <laughs> Because sometimes the, the position, the, 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 the title makes them more powerful and bigger than they are. So sometimes God has to say, you know what? Mm -hmm. You're looking at them differently. Look at them like how I look at it. Am I teaching you to be disrespectful to your bosses or your pastors? No, 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 no. But when they are so big that they change how you're supposed to live. When they're so big that you cannot exercise your faith. When they're so big that you're so stuck under their thumb, God says, no. Break out! They are just human beings. They got no power. So God says, no, Ahaz, stop that. And somebody there needs to stop that. They are sinners just like you. In need of salvation. Yes, respect them, give them honor, but to the point that you, you become a donut? Hmm. That's what God says. The text continues. The text says, God now has to reshape the vision of Ahaz a little bit more. He says, look, Ahaz, I want you to see that victory is possible. And what God does is that he shows Ahaz what's going to happen. This is what the text says. He says, therefore, the Lord, his God, handed Ahaz over to the king of Aram. I'm reading another passage, not Isaiah chapter 7, because in, 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 in Second Chronicles, we see that Ahaz was actually beaten a little bit before. So when Rezin and Pekah are coming, it's a second time. 
I mean, look, if you have lost once, uh, the second game, you're not going to be so confident. Are you feeling what I mean? If you didn't get the business deal the first time, the second time you're going to feel a little bit nervous. So Ahaz has actually been defeated before. And, and here we get the perspective of the writer of Chronicles that yeah, Ahaz was defeated. And the text says that it's the Lord, his God, who handed him over. Notice the way he handed him over. He handed him over to the king of Aram, and they defeated him, and carried him from a, uh, carried from him a great number of captives, and brought them to Damascus. And he was also handed over to the king of Israel, who struck him with heavy casualties. Please change to the next one. For Pekah the son of Remaliah killed 120,000 in Judah in one day, all valiant men, because they had abandoned the Lord God of their fathers. And Zikri, a mighty man of Ephraim, killed Maaseah, the king's son, and Azik, Azrikam, the ruler of the, of the house, and Elkanah the second to the king. It's hard to believe that you're going to succeed when the person who's telling you to succeed is the one who is defeating you. Ahaz was being defeated by God. <laughs> it's, it's God who said, Pekah and Rezin, go and defeat Ahaz. It's like you go to the mechanic. The mechanic fixes your car, but then he unplugs the, the, the cable to the brake, to the brake fluid, fluid. So as you're streaking down Sudirman, you're trying to press the brake, but it ain't working. <laughs> this is what is happening in the text. And God is the one responsible. So, so Ahaz had every right to be afraid. Ahaz had every right to shake. And sometimes you and I should be afraid. You and I should shake because God is the one who is fighting against us. God is the one who is getting in the way. But now when you go to Isaiah, this is what you read. Now it came to pass. Oh, now it came to pass. Now it came about in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the son of Judah. Uh, that raising the king of Aram and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not conquer it. Okay, you didn't catch it. <laughs> they went up the second time to fight Ahaz, but they could not defeat him. See, that should have been at the main moment right there. Because it, it tells me something. When God is pulling against you, he's pulling for you. <laughs> See, God is like an, an elevator. An elevator has weights that pull it Pull, pull, pull up for it to go down. And it pulls down for it to go up. Are you feeling what I'm saying? This is needed. So God sometimes in our lives is like an elevator. He pulls us up by pulling us down. And right here the text is saying that God is fighting, with, fighting against Ahaz. But at the same time he's protecting Ahaz. Which tells me. Is that the reason God is fighting Ahaz is because he needs Ahaz to get it. He needs Ahaz to understand. He needs Ahaz to know where his power comes from. And I came here to tell somebody that God knows your situation, but he wants you to know your situation. And sometimes things will not work out in your life. Not because God doesn't want it to work out, but he understands if it works out, you're going to work him out of your life. God understands that if some of us become rich, we'll never see a day in church. God understands that if some of us get that person, our life is going to be so discombobulated. 
is going to be so distracted. So God makes sure that you see all the relational issues and the difficulties and the struggles. And he says, hey, sometimes God will not allow you to get the deal because he knows that once you get the deal, there's going to be no deal in your life. So he will pull against you. He'll fight against you. But because he wants to, to save you. This is what God told me. I'm about to bring this plane uh, to, to a close. You see, God, God, God shaped the reality of Ahaz through his word. God didn't send an ambulance for Ahaz. God didn't send a rescue team for Ahaz. God sent Isaiah and his son to speak to him. So as I was looking at this, I said, wait a minute. <laughs> this is amazing. That it's through God's word that God changed the situation. Here it is. God's word is often inside information to the situation. Let's read the text real quickly. And say to him, take care and be calm. Have no fear and do not be faint hearted because of these two stumps of smoring logs on the account of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Remaliah. Uh, the text says, continue my sister. Because of Aram with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah has planned evil against you, saying, let us go up against Judah and terrorize it and, and take it for ourselves by assault and set up the son of Tabil as king in the midst of it. <laughs> the text goes, my sister, keep moving. This is what the Lord God says. It shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. Change again, my sister. Change again, my sister. Yeah. For the head of Aram is Damascus. And the head of Damascus is risen. Now within another 65 years, Ephraim will be broken to pieces. So that it is no longer a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria. And the head of Samaria is the son of Ramaliah. God tells... Ahaz inside information. Ahaz, <laughs> what you're worried about, I'm going to deal with it in a little bit. What you're concerned about, I'm going to take care of it. I have seen the story. In fact, I have directed the movie. So right here, Ahaz gets inside information. This was not common information. Well, there's a lot of common information out there. You can go on IG to find it. You can go on Facebook to find it. Turn on CNN, you can find it. But inside information is only found in God's word. I don't know what situations you face. But if you want to know how it is going to play out, if you want to know how it is going to turn out, you need inside information from God. Because God knows the situation. God understands the struggle. And the only way you're going to be able to live beyond reality is if you're living on inside information, not common information. Too many of us are living on common information. Jokowi can find that. Arnold Schwarzenegger can find that. But a Christian never lives on common information. They live on inside information. And they listen to what God says. And they live by it. You see, Wikipedia is a beautiful thing. But Wikipedia is dangerous. 
Because Wikipedia can give you a lot of information, Brother Donald. But you know what Wikipedia doesn't do for you? It doesn't protect you from keeping the information safe and solid. Because anybody can change the information. And that's a problem of trusting common information. It can be changed. News change all the time. Rumors change all the time. But inside information based on God's word, it never changes. And if you're going to live beyond reality, you need to be able to live on inside information. Notice how the text ends. I'm landing it right here. Notice what God says to Ahaz. He says, if you will not believe. In other words, if you're not going to live beyond reality, you will not last. If you're not going to live beyond the debt, you will not last. If you're going to live beyond the disease, you will not last. Some of us are losing fatigue. We, we're getting tired. We don't want to continue in life because we're not believing. We're not willing to live beyond reality. God says, Henry, live beyond reality. I know what's happening at home in Malawi. I understand the pain. But can you live beyond reality and mount the stage and preach the word of God on Sabbath? Can you look beyond that? And here's somebody who's saying, Pastor, you know, hey, I feel it. I want to live beyond my reality based on inside information. I'm tired of listening to what I hear. I'm tired of being shaped by stuff around me, but I want to live on inside information. Is anybody like that? I'm living on inside. And let me see your hands. Come on now. Let me see your hands. I want to live on inside information. Every head is bowed. Every set of eyes is closed as we pray. Father God, we want to live on inside information. We don't want common information. We want to know your will and your plan for our lives and your purpose for it. Please give us strength. Please give us guidance to trust your information. Bless us now, O oh Lord. For this we humbly pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You see, I know that that word spoke to you and it resonated with you at some point. And you would like to respond to it. And I want to let you know that you can do that right now. Perhaps you want to do Bible studies to know more about Jesus Christ. Perhaps you want to be baptized. Perhaps you just want to recommit your life to Jesus. Please text us on the number on the screen. I'll be more than happy to respond to you and to your needs. May God bless you and take care of you. And I must see you very soon.